Blog Talk Radio. And then at the end of the movie, she actually gets out of the place and goes to try to find it. But there are aliens. No spoilers. Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. Hello, Nats Town. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from Federal Baseball and Doghouse, coincidentally, also from Federal Baseball, on the line after the Nationals' 9-1 win over the Atlanta Braves. They take 2-3 from their division rivals, 69-47, and before they head out on the road to Colorado. Tomorrow night at 8.30 for the start of that series, but it's all about Tanner Roark today. Dave, uh, since the break, 4-1 and one and 5 starts, a 2-4-3 ERA, 208-291-350 line against in 33 and a third. Wins in three straight starts to get him up to 12. Meaningless wins on the year. Uh, Ender and Ciarte doubled in the third. Close call on a pick, uh, ruled safe. The challenge was upheld as well, even though he looked out to me. Uh, he scored on an RBI single the next at bat, of course, after they left him on there, make it 3-1 to one at that point. The only one run he gave up through seven innings, 99 pitches. He gets his 13th win. If I remember correctly, I think he got 10 ground ball outs, two fly outs, seven innings pitch, five hits, one run, one earn, two off, three Ks on the day, 13-6 and six on the year. About getting close to being that 15-game winner he was two years ago before they decided to move him to the bullpen. Just another impressive start from Tanner Roark. Yeah, you know, it's Nats fans' uh, thinly guarded secret. Um, you wonder at some point if Tanner Roark is actually going to reserve or reserve. That's not the word I was looking for. To uh, uh, to get some of the recognition that, that he probably deserves at this point for just being uh, a very good starting pitcher. I mean, this is a guy that that um, does, isn't flashy. He doesn't strike out a lot of guys. Save for that. Uh, one completely anomalous 15 strikeout game at the beginning of the season. Uh, he pitches a lot like Mark Melanson, the new closer. He generates weak contact, gets a lot of ground ball outs, um, can easily throw enough strikeouts to keep the other team uh, off balance or uh, um, honest, and just goes out there and wins. Uh, you know, the, the string of, of games that he's put together here, where he's gone seven plus innings and one or fewer earned runs, is really. Um, kind of Greg Maddox-like in, in, in its efficiency. So uh, not, not that I'm saying that Tanner Roark is the second coming of Greg Maddox, but, uh, but there are similarities if, if you want to look at them. And this is a guy that has just simply gone out and done his job uh, every time the Nats have given him the ball this year. And really the same thing two years ago, like you said, uh, before, before the, the whole fiasco with the bullpen last year. So this is a secret weapon the Nats have. Um, if he never garners the attention that, that he probably should at this point, probably better off that he can fly under the radar and be the net secret weapon because uh, all he does whenever you have the ball every five days is give the chance, a chance to win, and more often than not, they do. So I guess Dusty Baker was asked about what impresses him the most about Roark after the game. He said sheer determination. He's a winner. He's a good athlete. He also noted that he is stout. He's not fat at all, but he is stout. Is <laughs> a quick quote I uh, got down from him there. He said he didn't strike out many. He didn't give up many either. Uh, doesn't complain about anything. Just goes out there and pitches. He got some key double plays today. He turned one himself. Uh, Baker noted the athleticism on that one where he got a grounder back to the mound to start it. Uh, just continues to impress. I mean, I just. But this is your third starter. You got Strasburg and Scherzer, and then kind of Roar can go out there and just frustrate teams like he does. It makes for some rough series for opposing teams. Yeah, but before we get to that, I'd just like to say that I, I saw that comment Dusty made. He's stout, not fat at all, but stout. 
that, that is the sort of thing that if I said something like that to Mrs. Dockhouse, I would get punched for like an hour. But uh, I, I guess you should. Well, but uh, all right. Dave pointed out Roark doesn't get the flashy strikeout titles or uh, numbers. Uh, his peripherals are, are not all that impressive except for the low walk totals. Uh, but even though pitcher wins are dumb, that's the stat where where he really excels. Is that it's it's hard to measure exactly what it is he does, except for now in the Statcast era when we have better GFX data. But uh, he has a winning combination of uh, movement and location and command that gives him that ability to generate weak contact, which which is something that just in the last season or so. Uh, we've finally been able to start putting some statistics on, and by we, I mean other people who are smarter than I am and, and write about it on the Internet. Uh, and, you know, Roark generates the weakest contact in the league uh, because he is a, a canny, clever pitcher who can command all of his offerings. And it's not the conventional dominant pitcher that we're used to seeing, you know, guys like Strass and Scherzer, but it, uh, it darn well seems to be working. And you add that to a guy who can put together good at-bats, uh, draw a five- or six-pitch walk, and uh, field his position like, you know, Doug Fister. And uh, this, this is really a valuable piece that, uh, that the team has on it right now. Dave, unfortunately for you, the trivia falls to you for the day. Uh, Dave Jagler oh, no, no. on the... Dave Jagler on the radio broadcast today uh, mentioned and the Nationals PR team passed along that with his second double play of the uh, game today that Tanner Roark generated. He has the second most double plays among National League starters. Uh, you got a 6-3 to end the seventh inning. I think it's the seventh. I don't know. My notes are unreadable. Uh, so he's second in the NL with 21 double plays on the year. If you had to guess who's number one on the list, uh, Jay Carrietta. That is incorrect. Cardinal starter Carlos Martinez with 25 so far this year. But since well, I gave I you would ever have a chance at hell of getting that right. <laughs> since I gave you the impossible trivia question, we'll stick with you for a second. Tyrell Jenkins uh, on the mound for the Braves today, acquired along with Shelby Miller, who's since been dealt in the deal that sent uh, Jason Hayward to the Cards. 2-1, 3-3 and six starts, 32 innings pitched before today. Another 24-year-old arm in this Braves rotation uh, gave up a double uh, by Trey Turner and E on a bunt in the first list of the first run scoring. Bryce Harper, RBI, doubled to left field, really sliced one there. We'll get to Harper actually being in the lineup in a second. Uh, 3-0 on a sack fly by Rendon. They scored three early, added on four later. Uh, bases loaded, sack fly by Ramos in the fifth, made it 4-1. Anthony Rendon followed with a three-run home run, 7-1 at that point. Ended up taking it 9-1. Uh, this kid's a young arm, not particularly a hard thrower, sitting 89-91 with the fastball most of the day. He does have five pitches that he was throwing up there. And a nice uh, selection of pitches, at least, but... Another young arm these Braves have coming along. You got knocked around a bit today, but they, they are putting together an impressive collection of people here. And they still, as you mentioned the other day, still have some of the minors that are working their ways up. Uh, Max Freed in particular is one that I'm really looking forward to once he gets fully back from Tommy John. Yeah, we talked about it Friday night when um, Fulton Davis was pitching. Uh, Jenkins is another one of these guys, a young arm that the 
the Braves are putting together here. And really, uh, the last couple of years, all they've done is accumulate these young arms, and, and hopefully, for them anyway, hopefully uh, a couple of them stick and turn out to be real major league pitchers. I think uh, I think Mr. Jenkins today is one of those mid-level prospects, more of a um, uh, not 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 as much of a lottery pick as some, but still uh, a, a guy that, that, that maybe turn out maybe might turn out to be a useful major league starter at the back end of the rotation. Uh, maybe he might uh, might have a little bit higher ceiling if he was a reliever. Uh, might gather a tick or two on the fastball uh, if he's only asked to pitch or a pitch a inning or so at a time. But um, but still, another one of these guys that, that, that the Braves are hoping will pan out. Um, but it was nice to see the Nats jump on him right away. When you've got a young starter uh, trying to establish himself in the major leagues, the thing you want to do is not give him any confidence into the into the ball game. And, and the Nats right away there in the first inning jumped all over him and kind of said, okay, rookie, you know, we're going to have our way with you today. And, and they did. Um, but it's nice to see uh, the Nats offense come back here the last couple of nights and really put a pounding on this not very good Braves team um, and, and kind of assuage some of uh, some of the fan base's fears for now that the that the offense uh, uh, doesn't work and only sporadically works. It's actually a pretty decent offense, and it got better with Trey Turner at the top of the order, which it looks like he's going to remain here for a while. At the top of that order, Trey Turner, two for five, doghouse, two runs scored. Revere, one for three, three runs scored. Uh, Harper, one for three, back in the lineup today. Wilson Ramos, one for three. Rendon, one for three with four RBIs, a three-run home run there. Dusty Baker talked about Rendon in particular, uh, asked what he's seen that's different from him. He says that water seeks its own level. He's always been a good hitter for most of his life. Uh, he said his hands are unbelievably uh, fast, some of the quickest hands offensively and defensively. He also mentioned that he thought his hands were a little banged up earlier in the season. He was using more arm than hands, but he's back to doing what he has been doing, back to hitting like he has. He's up to a 266 average on the year. He's got about a 350 OVP to go with that, too. I didn't check the updated stats, but 15 home runs on the year as well. He absolutely jacked that one today, three-run blast that kind of put it, apart, put it away and gave the Nationals a nice cushion there to run away with the finale. Yeah, I think in, in all the doom and gloom uh, about Harper, and, and we talked about this the other day, uh, certainly Rendon has been the bright spot. Uh, him returning to form, coming back to looking like the Rendon we remember from previous seasons, is, is really a big improvement uh, to the Nationals lineup. There are a lot of good hitters uh, up, and, up and down the batting order here, and some of them just need to have uh, been, been going through some, some tough periods. And regress, regression works both ways. If, if you're having a, a bad time, you can come back up to your career numbers, and that's kind of what's happening with Rendon there. He's got the good strike zone knowledge. He can make good contact, and he can put the ball over the wall. And he did that today. And we, we know he can draw the walks. That, that's why his OBP is almost 100 points higher than his batting average. Uh, I, I understand he even walked more than he struck out when he was in college. <laughs> So this, this, this is a kid with a batting eye, and uh, you know, it, it, it. Sorry, I was going to make a mean crack about old man Worth here, so I'll just stop now. <laughs> we don't have it. We don't have an OBP KMA update today because Worth sat out. So did Daniel Murphy. Uh, I'm sure Dusty Baker is getting both of them a rest because they have a big series coming up in Colorado out there. They got a long flight over there tonight, so. He sits the two guys, and uh, those two in particular, and still gets a 9-1 win out of the Nationals. Part of that, Dave, was due to the fact that Bryce Harper was back in the lineup. He was not originally in the lineup when it was released, but uh, talked his way into it, apparently. 
Dusty Baker said after the game he was going to give him another day. Harper said he wanted to play. Paraphrasing here, but these are the notes I was able to drop down during the post game. Dusty Baker said, I said no, he said please, <laughs> and he couldn't say no to him at that point. So Bryce Harper talks his way back into the lineup. Uh, he was asked after the game about the uh, Sports Illustrated report that he's had a problem with his shoulder and his shoulders hurt. Uh, CSN Mid-Atlantic's Chase Hughes uh, on Twitter here saying he didn't confirm or deny, gave an unrelated answer about helping the team win. So apparently he doesn't want to discuss that so far, but came back, had a nice day at the plate, one for two, a walk, two runs scored, uh, a double to drive in a run there. You want Harper back in the the lineup. He's a huge bat for this national team if he starts hitting like he has in the past. I don't know what to make of all this that's going on. Nationals continue to deny that anything was wrong with his shoulder. They're just saying it was a neck issue. Apparently it cleared up enough for him to get back in there today and immediately made an impact on the lineup. Uh, Well, let me me just say I am shocked. I'm just absolutely shocked that Bryce Harper goes into the lineup the day after Tom Perducci's story nationally goes public. That that, That to me is just the most shocking development at all that he actually gets back in the lineup the, the, just the very day after that report comes out. So, um, you know, hashtag not shock, hashtag sarcasm. Um, this, this was obviously a ploy of, of, by Bryce Harper to say, look, you know, I, I, may, I may be struggling, I may be nicked up, but, um, but I'm worth something to this team even if I'm at 70%. Even if I'm at 60%, I'm still worth something to this team. So I'm going to be in the lineup. And, uh, you know, Dusty Baker can uh, – um, you know, he obviously was putting on a colloquial, colloquial spin on it there after the game. But um, if Bryce Harper wants to play, then he's going to be in the lineup. And, um, you know, and, and the Nats are better for it, you know, whether he's at full strength or not. He would prefer that he was at full strength, um, obviously. And, and, and coming down the stretch and, and into October, uh, you know, they would really like to have a full strength Bryce Harper. But still, um, like I said, even at 60 70% of what he could produce, uh, he's still useful to the Nats. Um, we can joke about the, the injury thing all we want to. Um, it, it, the bottom line is nobody will really ever know um, what what the deal was except for his doctors at Harper. Harper is the only one that knows how injured he is. And um, you know, Rizzo can can offer all of the uh, um, the demonstrative denials that he wants to, and Harper can play coy when asked about it. Obviously. There was something there. Tom Verducci didn't make this up out of thin air. Uh, Chelsea James of Washington Post didn't confirm what Verducci uh, reported um, out of thin air. She uh, presumably had her sources as well. So something was there to this. Um, and Rizzo, like I said, can deny it all he wants, and, and Harper can play coy. But the bottom line is Harper has not been Bryce Harper this year since um, since about the 28th of April. Um, he has been a significantly reduced version of what we expect from him. And if he's well enough to be in the lineup again, um, hopefully he can start to produce again. He, he looked okay today. Um, but the Nats really would like him to be more than okay. They would like him to be Bryce Harper. Nats take two or three from the Braves. Uh, coming up with the Rockies tomorrow night, Max Scherzer versus De La Rosa at 8.40 p.m. in Colorado. God bless the pitchers because they're about to deal with the Colorado air up there, but we'll see what Max Scherzer can do, try to keep the ball in the yard up there in Coors Field. Matt Knightley, sponsored by federalbaseball.com. I'm going home. I'll talk to you guys after tomorrow night's game. Go Nats.